0: This session of Scanner School is sponsored by our new training course, An Introduction to SDR, or Software-Defined Radios. Now, this course is designed to walk you through the process of not only purchasing, but also installing an SDR, getting the accessories hooked up, and getting the software installed in your computer so you are ready to go without wasting time and getting you operational as soon as possible. We'll teach you how to not only set up the hardware, so you can get analog reception, but also P25, DMR, NXDN, and trunking, all, again, with simple-to-use hardware and your existing computer setup. So for more information about this introduction to SDR training, please visit our website at scannerschool.com slash courses.
1: Welcome to The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger.
0: So welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this podcast is here to teach you everything you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. So today is another Ask Scanner School. I love these Ask Scanner School sessions because it's a way for me to help you out directly. So if you have any questions about the scanner radio hobby, uh, no matter how simple or complex you think it might be, please go to our website, scannerschool.com slash ask and submit your questions. Now, again, if you submit them via our local number, it's a 516 number here in New York, or using our speak pipe, which is basically a way for you to leave me a voicemail without having to dial a dial number. You just, you just push a button either on your phone or your computer and you use your microphone and it leaves me a voicemail and I can embed your your voice, your exact question, as you leave it in the podcast. And again, we have two questions that came in via speak pipe so you can hear how that sounds. And, of course, we have two questions that came in via email. Now, again, these email questions came in several months ago. And the reason why they are a couple months old is because I always answer the speak pipe questions first. And the uh, email questions come in a lot quicker than the um, than the speak pipe. So it does take time for me to go through all the email questions, to read through them all, then to sort them and answer them. So, again, uh, speak pipe or voicemail is always the best thing. But before we start going into and answering the four questions for the week... Um, I want to address something I touched on last week in session 75 when I went through uh, basic scanner troubleshooting. Now, on the Facebook group, Bill Nolan did point out that I did flub up a fact just a little bit. When I talked about voltage and testing out the voltage in your battery pack, and I said you had four AA batteries in there, about one and a half volts apiece, giving you a total of six volts, I was in my mind thinking about alkaline batteries, which has a full theoretical voltage of 1.5 volts in an ideal battery pack. Now, Again, you might be a little bit a tenth of a volt under, but NiCAD battery packs and rechargeable battery packs typically come in less than 1.5 volts at about 1.2 volts. So instead of measuring the battery pack with four batteries in it at 6 volts, you're actually going to be measuring the battery pack at about 4.8 volts. Now in a typical piece of hardware that looks for a six volts, you could potentially see an issue with it not powering on if it gets to about 4.8 volts, or at least throwing a low battery alarm at that point. Whereas your NiCad battery pack starts off at 4.8 volts and goes down from there. So again, I want to address that little mistake in my head, I was not taking into effect the lower voltage on the NiCad battery packs when I talked about last week now again last week we talked about volts i just touched on it today next week i'm going to talk to you guys about typical or common terms when it comes to electronics so again volts ohms resistance uh you know those kinds of terms that are that are common we'll go through a whole crash course next week on that we'll try to make it really quick and not super dry, but that's my plan for next week. I kind of want to stay on schedule and be the first podcast of the month that we go into the Ask Scanner School session. So without any further delay, again, the show notes, the session notes for today's podcast are at ScannerSchool.com slash session 76. And if you want to ask a question, ScannerSchool.com slash ask. And again, for our Facebook group, ScannerSchool.com slash Facebook group. So again, let's go on to our very first question. Okay, Harold writes in, and Harold's a neighbor of mine, actually. I don't know him personally, but he lives about two towns away from me. He writes in, he says, I wouldn't consider myself a novice to scanning, as I have owned many over the years. It started by getting a scanner when I went to NASCAR races. Then I morphed into having four of them for friends and family. I've had base station scanners and a variety of portables. And a while back, I bought my Radio Shack Pro 95 trunking. I could scan the Nassau police, the Suffolk police, and everything under the sun. But now that most of it has gone digital, I'm at a loss. I don't know anything about digital scanners. I would love to get an affordable model and go back to hearing Nassau, Suffolk, and everything else. Can you give me any feedback on what the heck I should do? And it's actually still possible to scan those departments with a digital scanner. Thanks. This is again Harold from Wantaw, New York. So, Harold, a bit of bad news is Nassau County Police. Yeah, they have vacated back in 2010 ish, I guess. Nah, it's going to be earlier, later than that. But anyway, um, they went to a P25 system and all of their talk groups are now encrypted. So, to listen to Nassau County Police, yeah, you're up the creek with our paddles, uh, so to speak, when listening to them. As far as Nassau and Medcom, they're on the same system, but they are not encrypted. So you would need a scanner that's capable of doing P-25 phase one. Same holds true for the Nassau County Fire Marshals, but everything else in Nassau County has pretty much stayed exactly where it is. Uh, Fire departments are still on conventional UHF, VHF, or low band. Uh, A couple of things went with DMR, so that's something else you may want to look at. Keep that in the back of your mind. Now... You also talked about Suffolk County Police. Now Suffolk County currently is been on the same system they've been on for well over a decade now, but they are migrating over to a P25 system uh, with phase two support for that as well. So at a bare minimum, to listen to anything in Suffolk County Police, you're gonna be looking for something that handles P25 phase two. So the good thing is, is anything that's out currently by Uniden that does digital P25, pretty much supports phase two. And I'm talking about current radios. I'm not talking about anything that was, you know, previous generations, like say the 996 or the uh, 396, right? Even the XT miles net. that. You wanted something that ends in P2. So the 996P2, the 325P2, the SDS100, the SDS200, even the 436 hp and the 536 hp will do you well when it comes to phase 2 okay i don't really recommend the hp 2s uh, i just don't like that interface all that well so it's more of a of a headache than it's worth so again if you look at something like that and um and let's not also forget the whistler trx1 and the trx2 both current miles and yes are both currently still current products they have not been discontinued so don't listen to the rumors on those if you've heard them whistler is still As of this date, uh, June 2nd, and I guess the release date on this podcast will be June 4th, those are are still current radios. They have not been discontinued. So again, that's another option for you as well. So again, for Long Island, for New York City area, I would recommend at least phase two P25 trunking scanners. Again, I went through the monomers with that as well. And also in the back of your mind, consider DMR upgrade. There's quite a bit of DMR coming. There's quite a DMR here. All of my scanners that I own that have DMR capable have been upgraded to DMR. Uh, There's also NXDN, but unless you like to listen to school buses doing their pickup routes or oil trucks or tow trucks, I would recommend staying away from the DMR. I mean, I'm sorry, the NXDN here on Long Island. So that's that. That's my recommendations. And uh, again, thank you so much for writing in uh, via email. And hopefully that has answered your question. Okay, the next question comes in from Jack Vest. Jack writes in and says, I have a BC780XLT scanner and the antenna connection has to be in a certain position for it to allow the squelch to work. I have looked inside and where the antenna is on the inside of the radio. There's an aluminum bracket, which I have tried to solder, but the contact just is not working. Have you heard of any other people having this problem? Thanks, Jack. So Jack has the Uniden BC 780 XLT, which is a classic scanner at this point. Uh, I believe everybody should have in their shack a 780 XLT. It's a uh, one of the one of the um, the great radios made by Unitin, um, still sought after to this day, and still retains quite a bit of its price tag. So, you can expect to pay a pretty penny for the 780 XLT, even the 785 and the 796. For whatever reason, people are still drawn to these radios, even though they're um, like the 780 is only a 500 channel scanner. Uh, The uh, 75D is 1,000 channels, and so is the 796. But whatever it is, these are great radios. And um, I think a lot of it that draws people to it is the fact that um, a lot of people just like it. So, a lot of people want to have it, right? But uh, going back to your problem here with the 780, it does sound like you either have a, have a grounding issue or, again, an antenna issue. So it sounds like to me that there's something going on with your squelch circuit. So if, you, if, if I understand correctly, if you turn the squelch all the way down, you don't have any squelch coming through the speaker unless you have the antenna in a certain position, which tells me that something in there is wobbling and, um, you know, is, is not making a good contact until then. Even if your connection was bad, you had no ground on the antenna or you had the center pin wasn't working right, you still should have some squelch noise coming through the speaker. So, this is kind of something that has my head scratching, which is why I'm thinking it's a grounding issue somewhere else in the scanner. Maybe you're just getting a bad ground and it ends up grounding through the antenna or, or something else like that. Now, again, I don't know a whole lot about you know, anybody having issues with the 780 XLT. My experiences are basically what I've been using it for. Um, you know, again, this radio is got to be 15 plus years old at this time. So again, it could be something else in there. Um, I would recommend, you know, if, if it's that much of an importance to you, you can send it down to Uniden. They will repair it. I believe it's a like $70 or $70 flat rate repair on these units, and they may be able to take a look at it for you. And, and see what's going on with it. It could even just be a bad potentiometer when it comes to the squelch pot. Uh, you may want to try cleaning that, just checking everything up and along, maybe speed connections. But, um, you know, again, you could have a hairline, uh, cold joint somewhere, and then that's just going through it. So again, uh, maybe when you say that you have to open the squelch, maybe you just mean that it's not receiving a signal unless it's in a certain position. Now, again, that could really indicate then it's not a grounding problem with the squelch circuit, but that you do have a problem with a center pin connector or you've got a ground connector on that antenna jack. So that might be something to take a look at real real closely as well. But again, something like this, again, it's a classic, something that you like to enjoy using, uh, definitely would recommend. Uh, you know, sending that into Unitin and having them take a look at it for you. All right. Again, I think to believe I believe the web address on that one is unitin.com/support. But uh, again, I'll have a link to this in the session notes at scannerschool.com/session76. Okay, let's go to our two Speakpipe uh, questions that came in. Again, you can leave us a message on Speakpipe by going to scannerschool.com/ask. And then you click on the speak pipe link, and then what you do is basically just push on the button and record your message. And again, you can do this from your computer, if you have a microphone attached, or your smartphone so, or tablet. So again, it's a very simple and easy way, and it's probably a whole lot faster, too, than just typing it in via an email. So again, scannerschool.com ask, and look for the SpeakPipe button to submit your questions. Let's go ahead with our next two questions.
1: Hey, Phil. It's Scott Potter from Ocala, Florida listening to your latest volume of Ask Scanner School made me finally come up with a question I want to ask you. I have been told that the range setting on the in VCD 436 HP only affects the scanner if you have the, U, uh, the uh, GPS uh, antenna hooked up to it. And all that stuff set up. That it doesn't really affect just, say, walking around with the scanner in your neighborhood. But listening to you answering the gentleman's question in Ask Scanner School Volume 8, I think it was. You made it sound like it does make a difference whether the GPS is on or not. So could you answer that for me and let me know which it is? I appreciate your show your podcast. It's awesome. And uh, I'm glad to be able to support you. Have a great day and hope to talk to you soon. Bye bye.
0: Hey, Scott, thank you so much for your question. And most importantly, thank you so much for your continued Patreon support. I greatly appreciate you being there and supporting the, uh, the program month over month via your Patreon support. So Let me clarify what's going on here with the location services when it comes to the Home Patrol database. You don't necessarily need to have the GPS turned on, but what you do need to have on, which is the most important part, is you need to have location services turned on. You need to have a valid uh, location or a radius or polygon defined in the department in your favorites list or in the uh, global uh, or national database uh, for each. Each system you'll listen to, so again, it's got to be done to the department level, and you have to have it geo located or geotagged in the department in order for it to work. So when you have a GPS enabled, obviously the GPS, the radio knows exactly where you are, so it's able to turn things off and on when it comes to your range settings, right? And and again, if you have um, your center point, and you have a range of say five miles, right? You don't want to listen all that much. But the system that you are monitoring has a range of say 30 miles, you really are gonna to listen to that because you're 35 miles out, right? It's your range plus the distance away from you on the other setup. So it would be 35 miles out, which is what you, you know, because you'd be able to listen to that one there. Likewise, if you have something that has a range of 10 miles and out 10 miles and it's 15 miles away from you, that's a better way of saying it. Uh, if you have a range of five and it's 15 miles out from you and its range is 10, you'll be able to hear it. So you kind of get how how this is working out here. There's an overlap in there. So it's, it's where that center point is if it overlaps by you. As long as it's touching that five-mile ring around you, then that's how far out it goes. So that's why I like to do a range, something of zero. This way, you're only getting the stuff that pretty much uh, overlaps you exactly and not the stuff that you'd hear if you were five miles away from where you are. So again, that comes down to your department settings in the scanner. So now, if you had the GPS, like I said, if you had the GPS turned on, the scanner knows exactly where you are. So it knows what is in that range that you're trying to monitor. If you don't have the GPS and you put your zip code in, the scanner still knows where you are. So you, if you turn on the zip code settings, then the scanner effectively overrides what the GPS would have said and you'd still be using the range value in the scanner. So again, if you have a range of 10 and the system uh, is is uh, 40 miles away from you, but it has a range of 30, that 30 plus 10, because the rings do touch, ends up being that you can monitor this range, this system that's 40 miles away from you. That's why when I'm here on Long Island and I have a range that's set too high, and I'm saying too high just by, you know, maybe about 10 miles, 20 miles, My scanner wants to go to New Jersey, Connecticut. Things I would never be able to hear with my handheld antenna because of the range settings. So that's why I always say set the range as low as possible because again, your departments are also going to have their own range values and their own distant values. So how do we go through and correct these distant values in our departments? Well, in a national database, that comes from radio reference. So if you go into the radio reference database and you look at the departments, you can see what they cover. So you may have like a full system. Say you have a countywide system, but you may have battalion one, two, three, four, five for the fire districts. Well, each battalion can have its own little geographical footprint within the site or the system because it's a department. Think about this on another level. Think about this on a statewide system and you have a complete statewide system that has counties that are covered inside of it or townships, depending where you are. Well, each township would have its own geolocation because they are the departments within the site or the system. That's the system, not the site. So those departments, aka those counties or townships, would all have their um, their own range settings in there. So if you're listening to, say, the North Carolina Viper system, for example, which is a full, uh, full uh, statewide system, and you want to listen to the Raleigh area, well, then you're not going to listen to stuff that's on the other side of the state. Okay, I'm not too familiar with the state of North Carolina. I just know there's a Viper system there because I've programmed the Viper system for many customers. Likewise, you have the um, uh, the Ohio uh, system. You've got the um, Star 21, I believe it is, out in Indiana or, or something very similar to that. So there are a lot of statewide systems that are out there. Fortunately for New York, we don't have one yet. We almost got the Open Sky protocol, but that luckily was, um, was dismissed once OpenSky was unable to meet the goals they were setting for, and of course, New York is really good with spending their money improperly, so we don't have a statewide system here because the Paris that be just didn't put one together. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole nother topic. But anyway, uh, again, you don't need the GPS view range. You do need, though, to put your zip code in, and you do need to have the departments set up with keys. Now, again, this only works with those kinds of systems. What I understand is it won't work on your own personal favorites list unless you also have all that stuff set up as well. But I believe um, your personal favorites list kind of uh, overrides that again anyway. I haven't really had time to play around with that because I don't I don't like to use the zip code settings my own personal scanners. Um, I, I use my personal favorites list and uh, from what I can tell is when I use personal favorites list it doesn't matter where I am as long as that favorites list is turned on it's scanning it. So I think that the location and the range services only affect nationwide or the global databases settings for turning systems off and on. Again, make sure you have your service types enabled for what you want to listen to. So finally, summing that one up, your range setting is affected by your zip code setting or your GPS setting, and it must also associate with a department in the system you're scanning. The department must have geo tags enabled in order for the scanner to know how far out the range must be. And again, the range is your range setting plus the range setting of the department. So again, your range of 10, department's got 30 mile range. The rings overlap or the rings touch, you're gonna listen to the department even though its center point is 40 miles away. Hope that helps clear up. And again, thank you so much for submitting your question. But most importantly again, thank you for your continued Patreon support. I greatly appreciate it time for our very last question
1: for the week hi this is dan in michigan my question is about your sds 200 is yours still broke i'd like to get one but not if it doesn't work did they ever fix it how i haven't heard any more about that from you so uh, what's the status of your SDS-200? Did they fix it? Is it working perfectly? How is it uh, doing? Thank you.
0: Hey, then Dan, yeah, I'm very happy to say that I think that the issues I was having with my SDS-100, I'm sorry, SDS-200 have been corrected. So for those of you who are out of the loop on this one, I've been posting to my YouTube channel, which is scannerschool.com slash YouTube, some of the issues that I have been noticing with the SDS 200. Now, again, I've been kind of quiet on this in the last couple months because I've been spending some time working with my SDR training and my SDR class that I haven't really had time to juggle the podcast, uh, selling pages at East Coast Pagers, um, doing the SDR stuff, and then also keeping up to date with YouTube. It just... Not enough time, not enough hours in the day to handle all that, plus work, plus family. So something kind of has to give somewhere. So anyway, uh, with my last uh, upload to the YouTube channel, I was still having issues where the audio is muting on conventional traffic. I'm happy to say that with firmware version 1.08.05, which has been out now for about maybe two, maybe three months now, um my issue has been resolved when it comes to the scanner muting during conventional reception analog reception so i've been using it now not only on a uh, a standard park channel or just a hold when you do a search but also my personal favorites list the global list i've been doing um searching using uh you know p25 trunking and everything else too so it seems like whatever was going on has been resolved. So it wasn't an issue with the filters or anything else, but whatever they fixed on this flavor of the firmware, spot on, it definitely corrected my issue. And I really do need to follow up on YouTube with a conclusion to that series. I think I posted about three videos on that. Now with the humming factor that I've had in the scanner, I did receive the the piece that goes on the inside that sits and wedges itself against the chassis and and the back of the display. I haven't yet even had a chance to put that in the scanner either. I do want to do that and sit down and have a video of that so I can walk you guys through the process if you're having that issue as well. Anybody that's got a new SDS 200 that's uh, being shipped now should not have this problem. It's just for those of us who have the initial release that had this problem with the hum as far as I know. So again, that should be corrected when I retrofit this scanner with the uh, the extra part that was supplied by Unidim. So again, for now. Since version 1.08.05, which I have not yet reviewed on YouTube, the issue I've been having with the muting has been solved. We'll wait and see what happens when I retrofit it with the extra part to see if my hardware uh, fixes the humming. So long story short, the SDS-200 is working fine. In fact, I even got the GPS antenna for it too. And I plan on going through that as well. So how to set up the GPS antenna and uh, how to set this thing up so that it works well. And that hands off really well to what Scott was just talking about with the uh, GPS and the ranges. So we can we can kind of tie in that as well. I'm looking at the SDS-200 sitting right here, right below my monitor. And again, I have the uh, the GPS unplugged. It's on top of the scanner right now because being here in the basement, GPS doesn't work so well meaning it doesn't work at all. So uh, with that, we'll uh, we'll conclude this week's podcast. I want to say thank you everybody for submitting your uh, your questions. Again, you can submit your questions via scannerschool.com slash ask. Again, these questions came in, the last two you've heard from SpeakPipe, they came in between uh, last Scanner School, the last Ask Scanner School and this one, so that's why they're on this week's. The email questions, they're a little stale, they're a little old, I do apologize, but you know, it does take time to go through the email questions, a little bit more work involved with getting through and filtering through those. So again, if you have a question, you want to have us answered scan school.com slash ask. Before we wrap up, I also want to thank our Patreon supporters. And again, these Patreon supporters are supporting us month over month with their donations. So again, this podcast is here because of their support. So it does take uh, resources to not only uh, put the podcast together, but you have hosting fees and, and all these other behind-the-scenes fees that put the podcast together. So, again, without these guys here. So, this podcast wouldn't be the success that it has been without the help from everybody here who helped support us. Even if not by Patreon, but by going to Scannerschool.com support and even clicking on our Amazon link. Because even if you just shop on Amazon and you click on our link first and you make your purchase, we get credit for that sale. Which is a great way to help support us, too, without it really costing you anything. Because you would do your shopping with Amazon anyway. So, again... Our Patreon supporters, again, want to thank uh, Signals Everywhere, Glenn Bryden, again, Scott Vorder, who we heard from earlier on this episode, Craig Harper, Brian Southworth, Dan, James Felling, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, M.T. Bono, Mark Beebe, Raymond Hill, and William Arcand. Again, you can help support us by going to scanaschool.com/support. If you want your questions answered, again, go to ScannerSchool.com slash ask, and we'll get your questions answered on the next session of Ask Scanner School. Scanner School is copyright 2019, Monitor Long Island, Inc. My name is Phil Lichtenberger. Memoratory call sign is W2LIE, and this is Scanner School, where we teach you everything you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. Again, all sessions show notes can be found online at our website, scannerschool.com slash session 76. We'll catch you all again next week, 73.